Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Michael Sandoval and Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, uh, welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers. My name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. Well, hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. This is later than usual, isn't it? Uh, well, it is. It's actually maybe actually Peers Over Beers. However, um, I, I don't see any beers in no, your hand. I don't, yeah, I don't have one. Not yet. Yeah, and I'm still, I'm still kind of, well, I'm on my break. We'll just put it that way because I still have a, another hour of work to do. But uh, oh, okay. we'll just do this. We'll just, yeah, as you know, yeah, you know. As a, yeah, I, I've been working all day myself, and I'm pretty much done. I mean, it's what five thirty something my time. So, it's a new year, and things have started off with a bang. <laughs> if you think about it, with you know the new president coming in and the old president causing some craziness. I mean, so, talk about a crazy week. You think it can't get any crazier, and it does. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, this is. I mean, it's terrible because people lost their lives, and it's ugly. Yeah. But of course, when things were happening. Uh, you know, I was at all at the office, and then I'm, my phone is buzzing, and I pick it up and look at it, and I just see, are you watching the news? And I have the YouTube app, and I pick it up and watch the TV live, and I could not stop watching it. It was, it's like, it's part train wreck, yeah, and then just part disgust. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, and and it's it, what's crazy about it is just who actually incited all that, you know, and pushed for it it was crazy oh yeah no, that's that's kind of clear but uh i was thinking it's just day six of the new year man i don't think my heart can take this <laughs> i think things would be a bit calmer from a <laughs> president standpoint very soon <laughs> so a couple of weeks but, i think will be good but you know i would say it's the first time we get to chat chat ugh, our first time we get to chat chat after uh the christmas holiday break and yeah did you get any good toys or uh you know my wife is very uh um thoughtful in some of the presents you know like um i can't remember offhand what she actually got me but uh i think she's sitting right over there hopefully she can't hear me she can't (laughs) uh, she was very thoughtful like uh in some of the things she got me and and so it's it's just funny like I I thought of maybe something eight months ago and then forgot about it and then she gets me it. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh yeah, that's really I, cool. you know there are people in our lives who do that and I, I'm I'm lucky to have a couple of them. And I have to admit they they're not expensive gifts, but they're so thoughtful. And you're like, yeah. wow, I am like I've got nothing. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got this fifty dollar gift certificate for you. Merry well, Christmas. If, if it's if it's a significant other, you you've got to probably think a little bit more, but. You know, for my wife, I just tell her, hey, look, you know, I can't buy you jewelry without you kind of approving it or I can't I don't want to buy you clothes, obviously, for specific reasons or shoes. And so send me a link in the size or whatever you want, like five well, then, of them. Well, then that's not shopping, out of the then. five. Then it's just, you know, then you're just picking out something that she likes. Perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I, I mean. <laughs> I mean, what else? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's not a gift that keeps on giving. It's just like, oh, you just got me what I asked you to get. You, you went on an errand for me and wrapped it. Yeah, but she doesn't think that way. You know, she's. Oh, she's I know hurt. I'm playing with you, but yeah. That, that, no, I, I've, 
had partners in the past that they're like, oh my gosh, this wasn't thoughtful because I have to tell you everything. I was like, oh god, okay, yeah. So you do get that that's how it can be. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no. So I get it, but you know, it's not like that, and so I'm lucky in that way. But anyways, I guess we didn't come to talk about what my wife gets and. No, no, but it's also fine. But no, the 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 only comment I was going to make on at least on on gifts is that I gifted myself a, a arrow garden. That's the one you can put uh, herbs in your uh, in your kitchen. Oh, okay, cool. And it is really cool. I have to admit, you know, I, I popped those things in there and started growing. Like, and I have dill, fresh dill. I mean, it's pretty cool. The only thing that is a very bright light, so at night it's kind of annoying. But you know, it, yeah. it is what it is. So if if you need, too bad we don't live next, you know, close to each other. Else, if you need. Dill, I could. The hell do you do with dill? I don't. I probably wouldn't. Cause Time, really... you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think before we last left off, you had said, "Hey, I'm uh, today's my last day at Imperva, and I'm going to be starting next week on Monday, like literally yeah. the week be- on Christmas week. You were going to start your new job. Yeah. How'd that yeah. go? Oh man, it, it's funny. You you would think so. The twenty first of December. Uh, 2020 is when I started that job, uh, Reltio, and you'd think, you know, wouldn't be so busy and everything else, but, and I've, I mean, I've created my own work for myself, you know, and, and so what, the first thing that I tell people that you should do or things I do when I first get into any organization, I think you saw it whenever I was at, uh, that's basically when I started doing that, it was because I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. I know how to talk to people. And, um, and, and the cool thing about this time, and even last time when I was at Imperva, but at Reltio, um, I got on the phone literally with just, so it's been three weeks today. And I've been on the phone with 50 or 60 different people within the organization mm-hmm. um, just to try to get to know what they do, uh, just to let them know I'm there, to... You know, so when I kind of think now I have a specific agenda. So when you build a community uh, and because I don't get to travel anywhere, which that that kind of sucks. Right. Because now everything is like this video conference and everything else. And so one is I'm also trying to find my opportunities to where I can get in front of crowds and people, you know, to to present different things. And so um I look for those people. I look for the content experts. Like, who are my experts? Who can I go start going to? Because I know right off that I'm going to start wanting to build some community blogs, you know, some deep content stuff. Uh, And so I want to get them on the phone, talk about some specific things, record it, and all these things. And so I'm looking for those kind of people. I'm looking for people that are excited about community that are kind of my sponsors. You know what I mean? Like the, um, the, of course, the CEO is a sponsor, but you know, who else is, um, you know, what is my boss like? What is he thinking? Uh, what is his peers like? And what are they thinking about community? And so I pretty much have talked to everybody at that level, uh, my boss's level, um, which is only one down from, you know, the CEO. So, and then, then it's like, okay, cool. I got that. Now I need to go deeper into the organization to really understand the technology, to understand who my experts are in certain areas. I even have to try to figure out this product that I don't know anything about, you know, um, learning that. And then the the backend technology stuff. Um, and so. Sorry, I mean, interrupt you. I was, I was going to, well, that's kind of going to be one of my first questions was around, uh, you know, help us understand a little bit of what the company does. 
Oh, that's a good point. So, uh, <laughs> at least what industry? <laughs> yeah, Rokio is a tech company, and uh, they are a master data management company. So they can. Uh, so basically, um, I'm not completely wrong here. So, but bear with me as I kind of, I'm, I'm figuring it out myself. But as I kind of understand it. Uh, uh, Reltio can really take large amounts of data, let's say within a company. So let's say a really big company like Boeing or whoever. Hmm. And so they have these business systems everywhere. And so you can connect these business systems to uh, Reltio and Reltio can give you what we call a 360 view of the data. So for example, you know, uh, I could say we have this one customer. I mean, it's not just one, but you can look at it, loads of different types of customer data, and you could say, and you could you could say all these systems have this, and 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 they're all right here. And then you can kind of look at location where they're at. You can be get you know uh, good analytics around you know where these customers are, what they're doing, and all that kind of stuff from all these business systems within an organization. Do some other things that I just don't know, uh, but. In a sense, it's just taking large amounts of data and making a making it one view of kind of of that customer. If that makes sense, sort of. Um, I, it's I think it's in the uh, MDM space, right? I think that's yeah, the- MDM Master Data Management. Yeah. People confuse it with uh, you know MDM can also be Mobile Data Management, which is actually it's a, it's like a thing that you know manages mobile devices and things like that. But this is Master Data Management, so yeah. And they are a provider, right? So they are software, they're full software stack type of things, integration with a lot of other data lakes or whatever it is. And yes, so you're talking a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) No, no, it's curious. Uh, And so it's it's their their dollar amounts are pretty high, I would imagine, because they're at enterprise level type stuff. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um. how about your customers? What or I guess because you again, I'm asking these questions. I'm just curious about, uh, yeah, uh, like how because um, I always every time I go in something new, I always do that post methodology, right? You know, people, objective, strategy, technology piece, right? So, how have you started to look about? Because you we were talking a little bit at the beginning. Maybe I should pull back a little bit about how you're approaching uh, the experience of the customer on the site, right? So, and I think you were talking about it as terms of uh, self-help customer experience. Oh, yeah. Right? So Michael and I were having a conversation, you and I had that conversation about uh, um, what I call the self-help digital customer experience. <clears throat> Sorry. And what that means is, um, you know, in as software companies, you know, customers or partners or whatever have issues sometimes or they look for documentation or they're just finding help basically online uh, within these business, uh, you know, for our products. So it's not just us, it's every single, you know, software company out there. So, you know, you could have like a case management system, something like a Zendesk or documentation um, site that's another uh, technology could be like a Zoomin. Uh, and then you have community like a higher logic, and then you have, um, you know, a, an academy or training site like a, I don't know, I forget what the training, you know, the LMSs are, uh, but you have an LMS, and then, you know, you could have an ideation platform like Aha or something like that, and then none of those in some 
cases, you know, aren't even connected to each other to do uh, SSO or enterprise search. And as a matter of fact, the, the companies that I've been to in the past um, don't have a lot of that. And in, in some instances, they might have SSO to uh, to some of that stuff, but you know, it's not all connected. So when a customer needs help and they do a search, let's say even on our site, you know, you know, my goal is if they're on community that they get documentation stuff, or they might get, you know, uh, an idea. They might be able to create an idea, you know, or more importantly, um, you know, when a customer searches Google, like everybody else in the world does, except for maybe China, um, you know, that they get the information about your product that they're looking for. I always say this is, and I might've said this a thousand times already, but if a customer searches for your product and they don't find it, you lose. But if, and, and I know we've, you've said this before, but I think if a customer searches for your product and has a, and has a question about your product and trying to do something and you, they do get it, you don't win. It's just expected to me. Like, I just expect when I Google it, it's going to be there. Now, over time, maybe they start trusting it. They start seeing it, you know, customers start seeing it, and then they come and maybe create a login and those kinds of things. But um, I just believe that, you know, creating a self-help digital customer experience is key. The hard part about that, uh, because here's what happens, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but you have this department, like product management, doing their own thing. This, they're trying to solve one problem. And then support has their own problem that they're trying to solve. Community has their problem that they're trying to solve. You know, training's trying to solve a problem. But no, nobody thinks about the self-help digital customer experience until there's 10 systems out there. <laughs> they're just doing their own thing, you know? And I'm like, nobody's there thinking about that. Why? Yeah, it's interesting. We're all human beings, right? We all yeah. have the things we want to go off and be successful at doing. I think what's, at least in my career, what has been very interesting, and I've mentioned this before, uh, even to some of my interviews and my bosses and like, is that what makes the web difficult in our careers is that it is the one place in which the two parties will meet and will expose the weakest of your business processes. So the two parties being customer and uh, company, employees pretty much, and exposing the weakest. So if you don't have a good pricing system or it's on a separate environment and you're trying to integrate that with an inventory system and it may be on the backside manual, there is no way you're going to be able to get that onto the website in an efficient way. And so the web just exposes the underlying problems. So without it, yeah, everybody kind of rides in their own uh, swim lane. They're just doing their thing and not until they have to come to the website. That's probably why yeah, you have separate it, SSOs and separate experiences uh, because they've all had to run their businesses separately. Yeah. And, and, and I, it's, it's, look, it's not just one company. It's just, it's everywhere. I don't care where you go. I'm sure at the bank, you see that all the time and, and it's going to even make it harder when you start having the e-commerce stuff and building all that out. Right. Because it was a huge thing. I think I'd start off telling you that, uh, in fact, I've been thinking about the past six months and kind of like my, I always like to be reflective and think about top two highlights, top two lowlights. And I don't like to say lowlights. I kind of say, Areas of opportunity, whatever, right? It's something that makes it sound like, and it's funny because I, I say, 
top two highlights. And then I kind of make this long word of like uh, things we could have done better, but didn't because we had other things to do and didn't really work. <laughs> but I'm not going to say they're bad because that makes somebody feel bad. Anyway, uh, one of the th- one of the items on the list was. I don't know if it's a low light, but it's, I can't really help it, but it is going to be a, it's a downward, it's a, what's it called? It's a, it's a downward pull effect, which is the Rubik's cube of, of integrations and the Rubik's cube of, of infrastructure. And there is not a common language. There is not a common interface that everything has to somehow get cleansed or reformatted in some way to get dumped into another system. If that other system has some sort of standard open source, I wouldn't say open source, but standard API kind of thing that allows you to. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a manual intervention. And you might have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. But calculating the number of hours that at labor costs just to maintain those systems is boggles me. Right. And that's kind of been low light. That's kind of the thing I, you know, and I say it as a low light, kind of like as a, not necessarily something I could have done, but it is like this is the place we have to go solve first because it makes it very difficult for us to accelerate if the basic foundation can't be fixed, right? Hmm. Um, yeah. And we're, we're going towards that. So there's a lot of big things we're going to be doing this year. One is on – we <laughs> kind of one of the things we've been resolving is pretty much blow it up, right, which is uh, start from the beginning, And that should tell you something that that has been a discussion because that means that the cost and effort of resolving, fixing, integrating, putting something on top or whatever migration is just too much. So it's just better to take, just to blow it up, take the data. Yeah. I mean, you'll take a hit in the beginning. I uh, let's call it hit, but you know, I'm sure it's going to be costly to, to blow it up and move that data over, that's going to be a big lift. That's my assumption, whatever it is. Yeah, um, it will be a big lift. Yeah, But I mean, I agree. The positive is, is you get to now look at the really nice, cool technologies that can do all the things that you want it to do. That's you true. Know? It's just like getting a brand new car. It always smells really <laughs> <Exactly. exciting. laughs> good. The challenge is, the challenge is, man, let me tell you this. The challenge is I'm hearing some of these, Project timelines, and I'm going, what? Like, I hear things like 14, 15 months, and I go, in internet time, that's an eternity. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, all the content and stuff I can build in one year. I mean, it's, it's, I'm I'm serious. Uh, There's, you know, again, it's on the financial side. So, I, my understanding is it's, this is in the term of, it's we're all in the same water, so. <laughs> but why is it the same for everybody? In other words, everybody's in the same boat. If that makes is sense, it, so. is, I mean, I don't know. Like, I kind of look at that as is it? I mean, and and why? You know, if I can move faster, I will. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and you know what? This will be my first time doing it in the financial sector, so I, I will get to learn, and, and I'll let you know why. I really don't know either. I'm the same way too. I kind of go. Is it is that just an enormous amount of padding, or is it really that? And when I look at the project timelines, 
the subtask around each one is that much effort. You're going, okay, yeah, okay, I see it. All, all 18, yeah. 17, whatever months of them, I get it. You know, I think where the biggest uh, time investment is is in uh, scope, not scope, but like process definition. So, um, just to give you a concrete example. Um, like you, you, everyone's familiar with ACH. I'm using that as a common thing, right? That's the interchange between bank to bank and moving of money from one account to another, all electronic. And it, it it's amazing how many times that changes hands. It goes from one bank to a central processing bank through the Fed and then the reverse on the other side. And when we get it, uh, it's processed through at least three different or four different institutions. and it comes into a file or whatever, and then money is moved physically. Like you can actually see money move from one account to another. Uh, and that has to get incorporated. And, and then how do we manage that? How do we make sure it goes to the right person's account? What is the auditing trail associated with that, both for employee and for and for the system? And so I think defining all that is probably what takes a lot of time. Yeah, I could get that. I mean, especially if you're blowing it all up. I mean, yeah. I can but, but here's where I get involved. I'm like, <clears throat> I don't care. That sounds great. <laughs> no, we, all do, we all do that. That sounds like very banky. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me how to put a little bad boy in and I'll go to town. That's what I think is like, okay, look, just tell me to – the products that we have, and tell me the names of them, and I'll go <laughs> like from there. In reference of what I need them. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't won't be an expert ever in this. Okay, so what I will be is just write these down, and I'll put those on the community, and people can select that. Is that does that look good? Okay, good. Next, what was that thing, Mike? Uh, you know, you did the plug, or you know, the switch. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Those things. <laughs> well, that's another thing is is I'm not very uh, great at having these amazing business kind of, you know, very high level conversations. You know, it's just never been my forte. I mean, I've had to kind of think about that, but, and I get very nervous. So for example, I was asked to, again, speak to the CEO and staff so I figure I'm going to have to be doing more of that since I report into a chief customer officer, but I'm going to give them a, a kind of a timeline and things like that of where I'm at with community. And then somebody reached out, hey, Chris, can you do this on January 19th? And I'm like, well, I mean, you know. Uh, timeline? You just started like uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. And so. <laughs> this is where you get said, to set your expectations. I said, well, I said, yeah, that seems a little far. How about February sometime? You know, like this way I can at least, because look, I'm in negotiations. Well, I, mean, I think you can do that. I, well, I mean, I, I don't mean to help, you know, uh -huh. this, but you can always talk about your, you know, I don't have a plan yet. I'm just here like three days, but let me take you through my thought methodology. And I, cause I've done that before. Um, in fact, a very similar when I started Rexel, I think, mm. but then I started, I think, uh, cause I wasn't, I had spent like the first six weeks in, in France and I think week four I went to Germany, Munich the first time, met with the business leaders, and I was asked to show what I was going to be doing. I want the roadmap. And, I want the roadmap. Yeah. Uh, what exactly is your plan, Mike? And I was like, mm, to be honest, 
I ain't got no plan, but <laughs> but but it's all in my head. Yes, it's us all doing right now. In fact, right now it's right there. <laughs> I promise. I did I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Almost full circle. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to tell you because that'll that'll you know you don't want to tell the enemy your plan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just said, hey, I don't have a plan, but uh, I'm going to take you. I'm going to walk you through how I'm going to approach a problem. And what the output tent, and I use my experience as like, in general, the output will look something like this, and then I will do this, and then do that, right? That kind of yeah. stuff, uh, with a lot of caveats. And usually, they're pretty solid. They're pretty good about that. Like, oh yeah, good, good. Yeah, it's a little different uh, in a in, let's call it a somewhat of a startup software company. Um, they they don't really. Oh, they shoot from the hip. Let's go. It's well, about yeah, yes and no. Um, yeah, so there is some of that mindset, uh, you know. Uh, but when you look at our CEO, he's very calculated. He's got th- a three-year objective. Hey, let's go digital. You know, we're looking at going digital more, and this is you know every single department has to define what their digital strategy is. So I mean, he's very calculating what he wants right and and oh, I mean, he's he trying to position the company for a buyout yeah maybe i don't know i mean oh, that's why he has three years and it makes sense yeah yeah i mean he did the same thing with uh imperva so and sold imperva for 2.3 billion dollars so yeah. that's why he's doing <laughs> but, it. Uh, um but anyways point is, is so it's very focused is hey this is what we're doing this is what we have to go after and so but you know they want it fast and i'm like you know I understand that and I sort of get it fast, but like I mentioned before, you know, you've got these technologies in the back end, you know, do you want to create this great business? And if we do, I don't want to go backwards and have to, okay, now I have a standalone uh, community platform where customers can register and log in and not use SSO. But then eight months, 12 months down the road, Oh, let's go do SSO now. Well, you know what? Now I have to take all that data out of the community, put it now where the SSO piece is, whether it's on Salesforce or some other platform, uh, and and that's going to cost twenty thousand dollars or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's just it's, it's a big project that shouldn't be. It, it shouldn't, but I think one of the things that uh, I think I may have told you, uh, Charlene Lee had told me years ago, which was around: yes, you can piecemeal your community. But you're going to run into the same problem you just mentioned. Like the integration pieces are going to be challenged. It's around getting a f- platform that has as many of the features you think you're going to need. Yeah. And then you may have to pay a little extra, but you won't have to worry about integration costs long term. That's, that's fair. I mean, yeah. you know, like I think there's problems with that because, you know, when you let's say ideation, for example. So like a higher logic or uh, Kuros or whoever, um, Intelligent, those platforms all have ideation built in or it's something that you can get, right? And in addition to the community and some other things, uh, you know, event management like has been really big lately because of COVID and stuff like that. So they, they all have some of those things. Problem is, is like, so you take it to the business and say, look, P, you know, like ideation is owned by PMs. PM team. So it's a completely different team. It's a product team. And, but so what they do is a customer comes in, puts up an idea, 
and other customers vote on it or other people vote and they can look at it and then put it into Jira or in, and it actually integrates into Jira directly and then they can manage it from Jira and say, yes, we're going to do it. No, we're not or whatever. You communicate right. that way. But they like their own ideation platforms. Like if I say, oh, here's one from, I don't know, let's say Higher Logic or whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we already have one. Uh, so now I've got to figure out how do I integrate into their ideation platform that they want or that they already have that I can't use Higher Logics because, you know, uh, it just doesn't, you know, they don't like the look of it or I don't know, whatever. But ideally, I would have a platform that has everything and they use it. You know what I mean? And use the capabilities of the APIs to go into Jira, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you know, but it doesn't work that way, man. You can't, you just have to have a platform that is open, that has open APIs and that can connect to different thing, business systems at the end of the day. If you don't have that on a community platform, then you're screwed because you have to be able to work with other business uh, systems, period. Yeah, and I think I think most of the platforms are getting smarter that way, and they're taking the lead from because that's where Salesforce. The reason Salesforce was so successful is because they took that mentality. We are open to everything. We just want to. I hate to use this term. Suck the data in, right? And you should be able to exchange that data too. So that's why they created those open portals and the like, and that's, and then they're off to the races. Um, and they have app exchange where other companies sell their stuff. So oh, yeah, like, they like they're like, oh, you want ideation? Well, we don't have it, but you go to app exchange, buy plug it. it in. Plug, yeah, it's all plug and play. But you have to spend three or four hundred thousand dollars on a partner to fucking build it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you have to have a developer. If you don't have a developer, you're screwed. Yeah, they, they didn't say they were going to make it easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you it's know, I honestly think when you're that big, it. It behooves you, you know. They people make business models around such big monsters. So that's probably where it comes. And then, and then that's they true. code lock that's you true. because you have a huge enterprise that's now invested into Salesforce, and they're like, "You guys are becoming very expensive, and it costs me twenty k every time I go talk to somebody. Yeah. Uh, I want to move." And then you realize, "Oh shit, I can't move. I better. It's going to yeah. cost me, you know, three million or whatever, right? Some crazy." That's what happened at Imperva? Like when I was at Imperva, they were. I was talking to the CIO, the people under the CIO, and then even other, uh, even my boss at the time. She, she, they're both all like, "Chris, we're going to go with Salesforce Communities." And I was like, "Really? Like, uh, oh, I, I said, maybe?" I was like, um, "I was like, let me do some research." Well, you know, you can, but it's free. And I'm like, "I was like, actually, I don't think so." Like, so, <laughs> I've worked. Uh, there's very few software companies I think that do things for free. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't, it's like, well, they'll give you communities. Well, they would give you communities, this blank slate with nothing there. Yeah. And then right? the customization like, costs money, right? Yeah. And I was like, all of a sudden, I said, look, I looked at this. I, I did my homework. I had all these vendors that we talked, I talked to. And I said, Salesforce included. And I said, you know what? This is going to cost us $300,000 just to build it. I go, and we have to get a partner to do it. And, and, we need a developer full time. Do do we have that? No. Okay. Let's look at these other platforms then. So, anyways, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Well, we remember we had that. I had that experience with Rexel when I was trying to. It was forced to use a Microsoft. Um, what was called? Yammer. Yammer. God bless. Yeah. No one uses that anymore. Well, Chris, you know, I think next time I would love to talk more about ideation because I I've been doing a lot of just data search on it. It just seems to be one of those, 
we can talk about it next time, but I just, uh, I does anyone use it? I, I I'm trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah. Here, here's oh, okay. Let's talk about that later. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> I was about to give you. But but a last question. I, I thank you so very much for another wonderful uh, podcast and uh, happy new year, sir. Happy New Year, my friend. <laughs> and thanks again for listening to another episode of Peers of a Beers. My name is Michael Sandoval. And I'm Chris Detzel. All right. Take, talk to you guys later. All right.